Well, there was a young person who was feeling restless. Uh, she had just finished her bachelor's degree, but wasn't feeling ready to enter the work world and wasn't really feeling like doing some more studying. She felt like she was missing something. She couldn't quite put her finger on it, something spiritual perhaps. And so she went to the local convent and asked if she could stay there for a bit with the nuns to maybe find what she was looking for. And the head nun said, of course you can stay with us, uh, but you need to know this is a serious place here. We value silence. And you won't be able to speak until I direct you to say, to say some words. She said, well, fair enough. I'm up for something. So six months went by in so total silence before the, the abbess invited her into the study and said, um, I hope that you've been hearing God's voice during these months. It's been good to have you here. Now is an opportunity you may say two words. And so the young woman said, hard bed. <laughs> and, and the abbess said, well, thank you for letting me know. I'll speak to the steward and perhaps a piece of foam will solve the problem. Well, another six months went by. Um, and the abbess called the young woman again into the study and says, I trust that God has been with you. The time has come. You may speak another two words. And so the young woman had to realize this was important. She had to weigh her priorities. So she said, bad food. <laughs> and the head nun said, well, okay, thank you. Um, I'll have a word with the kitchen staff. Well, at the end of the third period of six months, the same thing happened. The abbess called her in and she said, now is the time you may have another two words. And the young woman said, I quit. <laughs> and the abbess said, it's probably for the best. You know, you've really done nothing but complain ever since, you <laughs> ever since you've got here. <laughs> Well, I was looking back at some old files in my office. I'm in the midst of cleaning things out and recycling, and I found that story in a sermon I had given here in 2004. And I figured, well, you probably wouldn't remember it, so I'll try, I'll try it again. Um, and then I found another one. You maybe heard this one from the, one of the very first sermons I did here. There was a new minister at a new church, and on the first Sunday... Um, he got up in the pulpit, and this church had the, they always did the traditional liturgical call and response. So he said, the Lord be with you. And there was silence, no response. And so with a bit of anxiety, he, he said in a louder voice, is there a problem with this mic? And then the congregation responded, and also with you. <laughs> well, this is my final sermon at Rockway Mennonite Church, at least for the foreseeable future. The last one, and so what, what can I do besides tell a few jokes? Um, I've been saying things here for almost 22 years now, and I'm sure I've said enough, maybe more than enough. So for today, I thought it best to keep it fairly simple 
on the shorter side because we have a lot of good things in our service today. What I'd like to do in these few minutes is to express my gratitude to all of you um, and to share a few brief thoughts, personal thoughts on why Christian faith and church continue to be important to me. I thought this might be relevant as we mark today the milestone of for young people entering high school and teenage years where they will start to make decisions for themselves about their own life path and their faith commitments. And this idea that to do this came to me in part um, as I was looking back at some of these old files. Uh, I looked back and when I applied to Rockway back in 1999, I had to fill out what was called a um, ministerial information form. This was in one of the files. Um, and uh, one of the requirements was to rank 20 pastoral tasks, things like preaching, administration, worship, uh, youth ministry, etc. Of course, they're all important, but they ask you to rank your top five, and then they ask the congregation to rank their top five so you can compare to see what kind of match. Right? Well, one of my top five, believe it or not, was evangelism. And uh, I think this elicited a bit of concern on the part of some in the congregation there. We had a qu question and answer session on that Sunday. It was January 16th, 2000. And one of the questions came, I think it was from John Bergen, and it was related to this evangelism ranking. Does this mean you want your own TV show? <laughs> he said. <laughs> well, that... It broke the ice a bit, and they got, got to laugh, you know. And I assured everyone, no, this was not my intention. Um, but I, as I was remembering back to this and thinking about it, I realized uh, evangelism probably deserves to be up there in my top five. Not because I'm a fan of so-called evangelists or how evangelism is often done, but simply because I believe that in order for the church to be healthy and, and alive, we have to be able to share our good news with others. If, we, if we're not enjoying what we have, if we're not benefiting from it personally, and if we're not able to be invitational about it in a natural way to others, the church will eventually shrivel. It's like this with anything, really. You know, if, you, if you're benefiting from your yoga class and the teacher's very good and it's good for you, you'll naturally let your friends know. And so it's evangelism, if you think about it this way, is just common sense. So I want to share a few thoughts, just three, about why Christian faith and church are important to me personally. First of all, for me, it's about the search for meaning and purpose. And, and John alluded to this in his comments this morning. At its best, the Christian path and the gathered community are about the search for meaning and purpose in these few years of life that we've been given on this planet. And I find it important to have a place and to have companions with whom I can explore the biggest questions of life. Things like, why is there life at all? Where did it come from? Why such profligate beauty 
alongside such unspeakable suffering? And what is my purpose and calling as a human being? Most people, if they're awake and curious, have these sorts of questions. And a religious community can be a good place to ask them and explore them together, provided there's an openness to doing so. And at Rockway, there is an openness. And I believe this is one of your great strengths. It's a great failure, in my opinion, when religious communities of any type act as if they have all the answers and thereby close off questions, doubts, and discussion. Life at its core is mysterious. This leads to thought number two, that's the first. The search is only the first thing. The second is what you discover along the way. So I'm talking about the content, the wisdom, and the practices of the Christian tradition. We seek answers because we're looking for guidance and orientation. And so when we find some things, some pearls of wisdom, it's important to take them to heart, to practice them, and to share them with others. I'm not a Christian because I have all the answers, but because I have indeed found some answers, some pearls of wisdom within the Christian faith for my life. I found meaning, guidance, a story for my life within the Christian scriptures and tradition, particularly within the Anabaptist tradition, but also more broadly within the mystical tradition which runs throughout Christianity and other world religions. I've learned a lot over the years through Catholic contemplative spirituality, also through Quaker spirituality and other inner traditions. This mystical stream is the one which prioritizes an experiential awareness of God's spirit or the life force or the light that John refers to at the beginning of his gospel, this light that is the life of all people. It reminds me of what Arnold said, when there's love, there is God everywhere in all people. It's also the stream that talks about unity, being one with God and one with one another and finding one's higher identity by abiding in the vine. And then number three, thought number three, community, identity, and participation. I'm a Christian because I want to belong to something that's bigger than just me or my personal group of friends. I want to belong to something that has a history and a vision something that brings people together to share their lives with one another. The Christian church, of course, is not the only option for this, but it is a good one. And what I value about it is the communal nature of it and the fact that it has a point of reference and reverence beyond itself. I think sometimes that if a community exists only for its own purposes, only to, for itself, and doesn't have this higher vision, it can tend to collapse in on itself. So the Christian church looks beyond itself. It exists to serve the higher purpose of God's will in the world, to love, to forgive, to heal, 
to reconcile. I find it a great joy to be, belong to a community such as this, and it reminds me that I don't have to live my life alone, that I don't personally have to have all the skills and the abilities that are needed, that I'm part of something larger, that I'm accepted for my limits, for the gifts I can offer, but I'm also accepted with my limitations and my failures. And so those, in a nutshell, are my three reasons for being a church person and a Christian. Rockway Mennonite Church has been a good place for me to serve over these last 22 years. You've supported me and you've given me lots of space to learn and to grow. And I've tried my best to support you and to guide you in the ways that I've sensed God's Spirit leading. And I hope and trust that we've changed and grown together over the years. Of course, it's not always been easy, but that's not the issue. Um, the sign of a well-lived life is not ease. It's meaning, participation, and love. And I have certainly found those things among you here. I must say, it's, it's, I've been finding it challenging to prepare to leave and to disconnect from Rockway. I mentioned on a number of occasions that these pastoral relationships are odd combinations, you know, like they're professional in the sense that I've made the relationships with you because of my role and my calling here, right? I, um, and we all know that pastors come and go, and a pastor's not, not the same as a regular member of the congregation in this way. So they're professional relationships in this sense, but they're also friendships, right? They're not, they're not just uh, professional. We've gotten to know one another. We've, we've shared important moments in, in our lives together. We've come to care for one another and love one another as friends. So this is what it makes it feel so unsettling or strange um, to just all of a sudden leave and move on. And I'm feeling the grief of that, and I, I wanted you to know that. I will miss you all in this way. Not that we won't see each other, but it won't be the same. I'm trusting that in these remaining couple of weeks, uh, we'll be able to continue to say our goodbyes in a meaningful way. And I know that if we don't get a chance to speak personally, that um, it's in our hearts and our minds. God's Spirit will be with us, and I know God's Spirit will be with the congregation in the months and the years to come. Amen.